Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today is that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thank you for watching. Hello. It's great to be able to be with you tonight and to to share what God is doing around the world because of you. And I am so thankful for your church and for sending me and sending the hope of Jesus to a nation in desperate need of the Lord's touch in their life. And I have been privileged to know Pastor Josh and Faith now for a while and love seeing what God is doing in your lives and in your church and in this valley and just sensing the presence of the Lord here tonight. And even as we were praying before a service about the prayer to have a heart for what God wants to do in your life, in your family, in your neighborhood, in nations around the world. And I believe that's the message that God wants to share for you tonight is his heart for the world, which includes you and how he wants to use you to do mighty things in his name. I have uh, been serving in the nation of Myanmar now for eight years. Nine years ago, I had no idea where it was. And I think tonight it may be true that several of you also are in the same place and you don't know where that is. It is formally called Burma, and it is in Southeast Asia next to Thailand. And the nation of Myanmar for several years was under a dictatorship which restricted access to the country for more than 50 years which is why most people don't know much about it, unless you know from World War II times, after that the nation was closed to the world. There was little access from outside influence, and the people were left with a sense of isolation and hopelessness for many years. Incredibly, God opened the door just about 10 years ago for outside influence to be welcomed into the country as Myanmar made some steps towards re-establishing government systems and growth in the country. At that time, God began to speak to me and began to stir my heart for missions. I had been a children's pastor for 15 years. I loved doing children's ministry. I did not expect that I would move to a different country had never considered it or had even thought it would be something interesting. <laughs> but God began to speak and to show me this incredible vision that he has for the world. See, I grew up in church, and I knew about missions, and I knew about ministry, and I felt called to ministry as a child. But as we continue to walk with God, he shows us things that we haven't seen before even if we've seen it many times, right? It is like reading a story or watching a movie for the 10th time and finding something new or reading scripture and discovering something you didn't see before. And that's how God works in our lives. As we have this heart for him, he shows us things that we may have missed before or that we weren't quite ready to see, but now we're in the right place to see it. And God began to show me this call to missions and began to speak to me through dreams. And these dreams were of a place I had never seen before and of people I had never met before.
but I began to love them and desire to live among them long before I even knew what country he was calling me to. Because what God has for each of us is this invitation to be a part of what he's doing, that he has this great big vision for the world. And it's incredible. And he invites us to be a part of that, even before we know what that means. See, Myanmar is mostly a farming area, agriculture, growing rice, very similar to areas like this, except not much rice growing in these areas, right? But in the northernmost parts of Myanmar, it is connected to the Himalaya mountains. And in the Himalayas, there is one mountain in Myanmar that is the tallest point in Southeast Asia. It is a mountain called Mount Kakaburaze. And Mount Kakaburaze is 19,000 feet tall, the highest point in all of Southeast Asia. And when you look at Mount Kakaburaze, it's incredible. It's, an ex it's a high mountain full of ice and snow, nothing else like it in the country. It stands apart from anything else you see. It's magnificent. And imagine standing at the bottom of that mountain and how great that mountain looks. But when you are the one asked to climb it, our vision changes a bit, <laughs> right? All of a sudden, that grand mountain becomes an impossible task. It becomes overwhelming more than we can imagine. When Jesus calls us to be a part of his plan, it is an extremely magnificent vision. Incredible. His plan to save the world. But then when he calls you, it is suddenly overwhelming. It is too much for us. And we don't know how to climb the mountain. We don't know how to see through the mountain. And this issue of discouragement comes in among the people that God has called to fulfill his vision. And tonight, I want to encourage you that God has a vision for you. And sometimes there's a mountain in the way that blocks us from seeing what he wants to do in your life. And he has given you what you need to remove that mountain. But it begins with this heart of understanding how great and big God's call is. So I want to show you a video tonight to help prepare our hearts to see what is this vision that God is asking us to be a part of. a sound. Can you hear it? It searches, searches for those that will listen. Drifting, distant, disparate. It whispers in the ears of those that believe. It shouts in the streets, straining to be heard through the overwhelming noise. Can you hear us? The collective cry of fallen humanity, devoid of a savior. Centuries have passed without hope. We live here, hidden in the far away places, 
Our lands strange. Our culture a mystery. Our hearts empty. Our people cling to anything that resembles truth. But what we seek remains out of reach. Our brutal spirits on the edge of breaking. Our prayers unanswered. Our gods stay silent. We are the never reached. We are still waiting. We hear a sound. It echoes in our ears. It wakes us in our sleep. A voice in the wilderness. A message 2,000 years old. A final command. Go. A simple but profound directive from a saving God. With our victory assured, we journey to the ends of the earth. We climb mountains, trekked through jungles, landed on forgotten islands, searching. Many have received, but far too many still remain. Too many haven't heard. Too many don't know. This unfinished task is our urgent kingdom mission. Chosen. Seen. Heard. Called. Can you hear them? Nations. Cities. Tribes. People. They are the never reached. They've waited long enough. There is a sound. Can you hear it? This is the task that God has called us to. This is the mountain before us, the number of people still unreached with the gospel, still waiting to hear, waiting for someone to tell them. Myanmar is a nation of 60 million people. 95% of the country follows, is the, follows the practices of Buddhism. Many of them still never having the opportunity to hear about Christ. Now, it is hard for us to even imagine never even one time hearing the gospel message because we have been given the opportunity often from childhood to at least know where we can meet Jesus, to at least know who can tell us about Jesus. I remember my first Christmas in Myanmar, I had a nativity set in my home, and a couple of my friends were there, and they said, what is this? And I began to share with them with this nativity set, the Christmas story. And they said, this is the first time we have ever heard this story. They asked me, can we make one for ourselves? It was just a paper nativity, so I printed it out. They cut it. They took it home. A couple weeks later, they said, we've told all our neighbors the story of Christmas. They have never heard it either. You see, there is a hunger in the hearts of the people to know truth, but they don't know how to find it. It is the mountain before us, this group of people who have not yet heard of Jesus. But God, in his love for the world and his love for you, said, I have a great plan. I'm asking you to face this mountain. And he said to his disciples before he went to heaven, he said, go into the world and take the gospel to everyone, to every tribe, to every nation. 
And he gave this responsibility of facing the great mountain. And that is the same call that he has for you tonight. You see, if we look at this, you can see the grandeur of God's plan. Incredible love for the world. But we often get distracted by the size of this responsibility and the weakness of the ones he's using. When I first arrived in Myanmar, I had never been there before. I did not speak the language. I did not know one person there. But what I had was a love for people to know God and a desire to see them know the truth. And that's what God starts with in us, this heart that says, I see those people and I want them to spend eternity with God. It is why we face the mountain. Now, I look at people who spend their life trying to do things like climb Mount Everest or Mount Kakaborose, and I think that is not me. I have no desire to do that. But God sometimes asks us to do things that we think that's not who I am. When he called me to be a missionary, I was like, I went to Bible school, but I did not take missions classes. That was not my plan. I did not expect that to be what God would ask me to do. But sometimes he puts before us this impossible task. And he said, will you be willing to do it? Will you be willing to face it? What I want to share with you tonight is out of Zechariah chapter 4. And Zechariah was a prophet of Israel. And at the time, the governor of Israel, Zerubbabel, had been given a great job. He was to rebuild the temple of God. Now, we think rebuilding a temple should take a few months, shouldn't take too much time. But they had faced over 70 years incredible obstacles. Very similar to what the nation of Myanmar has faced in the last 50 years. Incredible obstacles that caused great worry and great discouragement. When I first arrived in Myanmar, the students were afraid to ask any questions. We are so used to say, raising our hands to ask a question in class. So one of the ways that I could be in Myanmar, we cannot be there as missionaries. We have to have a business, so I teach conversational English. And I always said, ask questions anytime you have questions. No questions ever. No one would ask a question during class because they had been taught that the teacher has the answers and there's no reason to interrupt the teacher. You are just to learn from them. But the other reason they never asked questions is because they had never been given permission to ask questions. Don't seek information. Don't try to learn things on your own. Don't question those over you. That's what had been taught to them culturally through their lives. But in this time of change over the last 10 years, they began to break through some of those cultural barriers and discover that there's so much more they want to know. There's so many more things they have yet to learn. I saw this especially one day when one of my students, who is also an English teacher, she is Myanmar teaching English. She said, I'm bringing one of my students to your house because he is asking me many questions about prayer and I don't know how to answer him. So I'm going to bring him to you and you can answer him. 
And he came and he asked me about prayer. And he said, I have begun to ask many people what they think about prayer, so I want to ask you. And I said, well, do you pray? And he said, yes, I am Buddhist. I follow the practices of Buddhism and recite the Buddhist prayers regularly. And I said, what happens when you pray? And he said, nothing happens when I pray. And I said, then why do you do it? And he said, because that's what I've been told to do. So he turned the questions back to me and he said, do you pray? And I said, yes, I pray to a living God who hears me and answers me. And his eyes got big and he said, you are the first person to ever say your God answers you. See, there are people who don't yet know that God answers them that they can call on to him and he will answer. But we must pass these mountains of discouragement in order to fulfill the call of God on our lives. In Zechariah chapter 4, a vision is given to the prophet, and this vision is a word of encouragement for the governor, Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was in an extremely depressing time. Seventy years he had been in charge of building the temple. Seventy years they faced obstacle after obstacle, and still the stones are just rubble on the ground. And this vision comes through the prophet to Zechariah. And it says in verses 1 through 3, Then the angel who talked with me returned and woke me up like someone awakened from sleep. He asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it with seven channels to the lamps. And there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on the left. Now when he gave this, when the angel was giving this vision to Zechariah, it was not his first vision. He had already been speaking to him many visions. But he came into this particular vision in chapter 4. When I read it, I think, I have no idea what that's talking about. I have not seen seven lampstands with seven channels and two bowls and some olive trees. But Zechariah was a prophet. And his job every day was to care for the candlesticks in the temple. It was his job to keep those candles burning. So when God spoke to him in this vision, he was showing him something he was familiar with, showing him something he had seen many, many times before. But this time, there was something different. There are no olive trees in the temple. He had seen the candlesticks before. He had seen the bowls of oil before, but he had never before seen these trees. See, sometimes when God is speaking to us, he is going to show things that look like it's everyday stuff, but there's something more he wants to do. You have seen it before. He has shown you before, but there's something more this time. See, I had gone on several missions trips as a children's pastor but in 2011, on a missions trip to Cambodia, God showed me something I hadn't seen before. I had done ministry 
I had seen people come to an outreach. I had worked with children a lot. But that time, these were children that had never before heard of Jesus. And as I spoke to the Cambodian pastor that day, he said, this is the first time they have ever had an opportunity to hear Jesus' name. And I responded, something has to be done about that. And God showed me something I had never seen before, and he said, yes, something has to be done about that. And I am asking you to be someone to face that mountain, someone to say, I will be willing to stand at the base of this mountain, even though it seems overwhelming and is bigger than I am. See, God is calling us to do things bigger than we are. And he shows us things we haven't seen before. I believe even in this room that there are things God wants to show you. And you have seen it many, many times, but maybe you've never noticed it. I heard a friend of mine who was a missionary in Thailand say that he was talking to a pastor that every day drove by this park on the way to his church. And he said, oh, did you see that there are every week there is a group of Muslims that meets in that park? And he said, no, I've never noticed them before. Every Sunday they are there. Every Sunday he drove by, but he had never seen it before. You see, there are things that God is asking you to do that he's already showing you. You just might not have seen it yet. That we need to be ready to open our eyes to see what God is doing. The angel spoke to Zechariah and said, what do you see? And he could clearly identify, I see these candlesticks, I see this bowl, I see these olive trees. I don't know what those olive trees are there for, but he could see what was there. He was allowing God to show him something. But the second thing that happens is that he doesn't know what it means. (laughs) He doesn't know why it's there. He doesn't know why God is revealing this to him. The angel spoke to Zechariah and said to him in verses 4 and 5, he said, I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? And he answered, Do you know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. What are they? Don't you know what they are? (laughs) No, I have no idea what these mean. You see, sometimes what God is asking us to do, we say, I can see the need. I can see that there are people that need Jesus. I can see that you are asking me to do something, but I don't understand it. I don't know what you are showing me. We don't always understand what God is calling us to do. We don't actually understand how he's going to have us do it. See, Zerubbabel knew God had asked him to build the temple, but what he didn't understand was why it wasn't happening. He had done everything he was supposed to do, and it still wasn't working. He kept facing obstacles. He kept facing this mountain that was too great for him. But the angel explained to Zechariah, this is what I'm showing you. And he gave clarity and gave understanding of the vision. He said the candlestick is the church, the source that God uses to shine his light. The bowl is the spirit of God, the source that keeps the light burning. 
but between this bowl and this, these candles, there are these pipes, these connections that connect the Spirit of God and the church, and those connections are being constantly filled by this olive tree on each side. The Spirit of God flowing through you. This is what you don't understand yet, that you are going to be able to face this obstacle because you are a vessel that God chooses to work through. You are the way he will shine his light in the world. Many times we get overwhelmed by this responsibility because we feel that we are not able to do something. We think, let somebody else do it. Let Pastor Josh do it. Let the worship team do it. Let someone who has the ability or the Bible school training do it. But he says, you are connected to the source. Not just the priest in the temple, but his body is connected to the source. His spirit flowing through us in a continuous refilling of the power of God. What I want to remind you tonight is that God wants to work through you. He wants you to face the mountain. Even if it's not something you ever thought you would do. But the problem is we realize sometimes that the mountain is much greater than us. And we say, okay, God, I'm willing to go. Eight years ago, I moved to Myanmar. I am willing to go. Incredibly, after being closed for 50 years, the doors opened in many ways over the last eight years that I've been there. We've been able to go to cities where no one has been since 1962 and to go in and minister, partner with pastors and churches. One of the ways we've been able to plant churches in the last several years is through children's ministry, starting children's programs in communities. And as the children hear about Jesus, they go home and tell their parents about Jesus. Then their parents come to find out what the foreigner is teaching. And they come and they learn about the power of God to transform their lives. As God called me through visions and dreams, he even used that to minister to the people in a community where I serve regularly. These mothers had been coming to help us prepare rice to feed the kids each week. And one day as we were talking, they said, they began to talk about dreams. And I told them that God had given me a dream about that community before I ever saw it in person. And they were very interested in that. And they said, we also have had some dreams. Do you think maybe God is talking to us? And they began to share, and three ladies shared dreams that they had had, and each one of them was an account of a Bible passage. And they said, have you ever read the Bible? And they said, no, we've never read it before. But in dreams, God had spoken it to them. They gave their hearts to the Lord that day. And their families are serving God, and they are hosting some of our house churches today. See, God works through us when we are willing to let his light shine. He is not looking for us to know how to climb the mountain, but be willing to do it. And our obedience is what God is looking for. He wants to use you. I have a little neighbor girl who's been coming to my house for the last several months because during 
COVID pandemic in Myanmar, we were on severe lockdowns. She lives in my building. She would come over and spend every day hanging out at my house. She is six years old. Her family is Buddhist, and in her home, she has a prayer altar that takes up a very large portion of their house. And she, one day after having been through my whole house, there are no boundaries. Everything belongs to everyone. <laughs> she said, I thought you said you pray, <laughs> but where is the prayer spot in your house? And I explained to her how I can talk to God anywhere at any time and that it is a friendship with God like we have a friendship and we can talk together. And her six-year-old response was, your God must really love you. Your God must really love you if he wants to talk to you, if he wants to for you to talk to him, if he wants friendship with you. And God really loves you, and he wants to use you. He wants you to be this pipe, this vessel, this candle that he works through, and he tells us it is how it is going to happen. In verse 6, this is what the Spirit of God says. It says, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. He was discouraged. He was overwhelmed. The mountain in front of him was too large. And God said, I have picked you. I have chosen you to do this. I've asked you, and this is how you will do it. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. That is the same reminder to us today. How will you do what God is asking you to do? Maybe he has already shown you. And you've already said, I'll be obedient. And you have been trying. And you have been serving God faithfully. And you are facing obstacle after obstacle. And you say, I can not get past this mountain. But he said, it will not be by might or by, by your power, but by my spirit. Might refers to that collective strength, working together. If we just had more people, we can do it. Right? If we had enough people, the whole world could hear about Jesus. Everyone could be saved. Right? But he said it's not going to be by your collective strength. Even the combined efforts of everyone in Israel still had not been able to build a temple. It is not by might. This last year, we have faced an incredible mountain in Myanmar. On February 1st, after 10 years of progressive results in building the government style, education advancing, outside influence, in the middle of the night on February 1st, a coup was staged. And everything that had opened up was instantly closed. And the thing that became the great mountain was extreme hopelessness. As the people had begun to finally dream, finally ask questions, finally desire to make plans for their future, and in a moment it was all taken away. Very much the same feeling that those in, Afga in Afghanistan have felt in these last couple weeks. As everything that had been progressing 
everything that had begun to look like they can finally get through these obstacles was torn down instantly. Collectively, the people tried to stand against the military coup in protesting throughout the country. My neighborhood is predominantly university students in the intersection by my house over 10 million people every day. Sorry, 10,000 in my area, 10 million in the whole nation protesting. In my intersection alone, 10,000 people every day protesting. Might. But even in their collective strength, they were not strong enough to do anything. Especially as a couple weeks later, security forces came in violently. And the people began to say then we must use our power. Power refers to individual strength. We must be strong people. We must defend our neighborhood even if we are the only ones standing. And they tried in their best efforts to stand against this mighty mountain. Now for seven months, today is seven months since the coup, they have been fighting and trying to overcome, trying to take back what was stolen from them in a moment. But the reality is it's too great for them. It's too powerful for them. Because it is not just an army they are fighting. It is a battle for lost souls. It is a battle against the enemy's attack, a battle against Satan's plan to try to stop God's plan. And that's why this message was coming through the prophet Zechariah, coming to Zerubbabel to say, don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Don't stop because this mountain is not the problem. It is not going to be your power. It is not going to be your strength. But I have filled you with the Holy Spirit. You are connected to the source of power. See, what Miamon needs is an outpouring of the Spirit of God. They don't need political salvation. They need salvation that comes from the Lord. That is why we continue to take the gospel in spite of the obstacles. That's why we say yes to God even when we look so small next to the job and when we feel so inadequate. A young friend of mine said, I want to do something to help my people, but I am so small. I can't run fast enough. I am not strong enough. I can't do anything. But God spoke to her and said, I want you to stay home. She said, I've been staying home already for a year. <laughs> staying home was all we were able to do during the pandemic. But God said, I want you to stay home and fight this battle at home. That night, some of the children in her neighborhood that she's been ministering to came to her house, and they said, we cannot get to the market. We are blocked by the security forces. We cannot get food. She said, it's okay. Come in my house. I have food. I'll cook for you. And they would eat together every day in her home. A few days later, as the soldiers moved into that neighborhood, it became unsafe for people in homes that they could not lock properly. And they came to her house and they said, it's too dangerous in our house. And she said, it's okay, come in my home. And she put mats all over the floor and had her neighbors sleeping in her home. 
I am too weak. I am too slow. But God says you are willing and obedient. My spirit will work through you. And she was a shining light in the middle of chaos, a shining light of hope in the middle of darkness. And God is continuing to use her in her neighborhood because she is connected to the source of power. We often compare ourselves to the mountain in front of us. But God is saying, connect to me. Connect to me and I will work in you. The last thing this vision shows to Zechariah Verse 7, it says, what are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of, God bless it, God bless it. He looked at the mountain, he said, what are you? Nothing in comparison to the power of God. What are you, mountain? You can say, he's saying to him, you can say to this mountain in front of you, God bless my big problem. God bless this big mountain in front of me because his power is able to remove it. His power is able to move mighty mountains. Discouragement was a mighty mountain in Zerubbabel's life. This task of building the temple was a mighty mountain. But the word of God said, it's not going to be your power. It's not going to be your might. But my spirit is going to flow through you. And you can look at this mountain and say, what are you? What are you, mountain? Even God describes this mountain as mighty. It looks very big. But he said, you have the power to speak to that mountain. God's blessing on this situation. God's blessing to overcome. The mountain will be removed. We are reminded in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, it says, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. The thing that stands in your way that prevents you from doing what God has asked you to do, you can move it. You can say to that mountain, what are you? What is that mountain in front of you? Maybe tonight it's discouragement like Zerubbabel. Maybe it's inadequacy. Maybe it's fear. But if it's standing in the way of people knowing Jesus, it needs to be moved. If it's standing in the way of the spirit of God flowing through you, it needs to be moved. If it's standing in the way of you being a light in darkness, it needs to be moved. And he said the person who can move it it's the spirit of God in you. You can say to this mountain, be gone. Whatever impossible task is before us, his spirit makes it possible. The world needs Jesus. And the spirit of God makes it possible for everyone to see. And he said, the way I'm going to do it is you. I'm going to use you to face this mountain. And you're going to be able to do it not by your own power and might, but by the Spirit of God. And that obstacle that prevents us from being obedient to God can be moved tonight. The Spirit of God works instantly. 
the spirit of God moves in ways that we have not seen yet and ways that we don't understand, but we can depend on God and believe that he can say to this mountain, be gone. So as we close tonight, I want to pray for you because I believe God has things for you to do. Things for you to do in this city, in this church, around the world, that there are things that you carry that you are holding before you that he wants to move out of your way. And we sometimes get a little bit comfortable and say, I'm just not a mountain climber. <laughs> That's just not who I am. I'm not a missionary. But he's asking us to be a vessel that his spirit flows through. You see, the olive trees in Zechariah's vision continuously refilled the pipes. It was a non-stop filling. That's what we have. A continuous refilling of the spirit that we can continue to shine. We can continue to be used by God because he is continually working in our lives. I want to invite you to stand with me as I close in prayer and then I'll after I pray I'll turn it over to Pastor Josh. But I just want to pray for you tonight. That God will show you something maybe you haven't seen before. And give you vision that you haven't noticed before. And fill you with his spirit to accomplish what he's asking you to do. Lord, I just thank you, God, that you are here in this room tonight. That your presence is with us and we know, God, that you really, really love us. And I pray for each person here, God, I pray first of all that you would give them vision. That you would show them things that they haven't seen before. That they would notice things that they haven't noticed before. And even this week as they are in their home and as they're driving to work or they're going to school, that they would notice the people around them in ways they haven't seen before. As they're shopping in the grocery store, that they would see the hearts of the people that they haven't noticed before. You would begin to show them the great plan that you have. I pray, Lord, that you would also fill them with your spirit tonight. Lord, that as your spirit flows through them, the obstacles in their way, the mountains in their way would be gone. We pray against discouragement that tries to stop what you are doing, that tries to stand in the way of you using us. We pray against fear fear of the unknown and fear of failure. We pray against feeling inadequate. But today your spirit would strengthen the hearts of each one here. That it would not be by their own power and strength, but that your spirit would flow through them today and tomorrow and the next day and each day. That they may shine here in Madeira. That they may shine in their neighborhood. God, we pray even for a call to go to the world, that you would send people from this church to take your light to the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends and help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Central Valley Church, go 
CBC 